0: Have you ever heard the sound of freedom? freedom, 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 freedom. Have you ever heard the sound of freedom? Freedom, 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 freedom? Hello and welcome to episode two of the Beyond the Battle podcast. A primary goal of this podcast really is to be a way to communicate with you, whether you're reading Beyond the Battle. Beyond the Battle is a book just for men. Women can definitely read it and glean a lot from it. I do hope next year to have a book out for women that parallels the content. But in this podcast, really for men and women both, I mean, if we're honest with each other, we all live in an over-sexualized world. For whatever reason, the church is not talking about sex, pornography, lust, purity as much as it should be. We talk about it a little bit. Usually it's something like, you know, don't do that. and Behave. You know, bounce your eyes. Even you know even good things like having an accountability partner, uh, those and having a filter on your computer. Those are all some of those things are really important things, but they don't get to the root of why we struggle with these things. And more more than anything else, we need to be talking about these issues more than we are. And maybe a podcast is a way that some of you will be able to do that. If your church isn't talking about it, if you're not comfortable talking about it with somebody in person, I would invite you to send in questions things you're struggling with. To me, Uh, many people do that already on my blog, uh, but specifically, and I want to translate some of that over to the podcast, where if these are things you'd like advice on, things you're struggling with, I'd love to interact with you. You can contact the podcast on Twitter at battle underscore podcast and via email beyond the battle podcast at gmail.com. I also want to point out, as I will every episode, if you're currently struggling with specifically online pornography, whether that's on your computer, your tablet, your smartphone, I highly recommend getting Covenant Eyes. Covenant Eyes is both a monitoring software as well as a filter. You can choose to use it either way. If you do that, use the promo code CROSSROADS. Uh, that's my promo code. And in that, you will get your first month free. Covenant Eyes is only around 10 bucks a month. And while, yes, we need to go deeper than just having a solution like that, to me, if, if you're truly, if you're struggling, even by struggling, I mean if you're looking at porn every once in a while, we use the word stumbling. Uh, I don't really like that word in a way because it sort of excuses it. Covenant Eyes is a no-brainer to me. I'm at a point now where the allure of pornography doesn't appeal to me. I praise God for that. That's what I write about in the book, Beyond the Battle. But I still use Covenant Eyes. I will always still use Covenant Eyes. I, I don't know why I ever uh, would get rid of that on my devices. So want to encourage you as well to jump in uh, with Covenant Eyes on your devices for you and, and for your family. What I'm going to do today in today's episode, and and I will be honest about the interaction stuff, it is a little weird doing a podcast, just me talking into a microphone. I'm talking to you, the listener, uh, most all the podcasts I've done in the past, I have one that I do right now called Black and White Theology, and I do it with a pastor friend of mine. We sort of co-host it and talk back and forth. And the previous podcast I did, Beyond uh, too many Bees Behind the Curtain podcast, I would interview ministry leaders, and so there was an interaction back and forth. So with that, now that I'm doing this one just through my book, really as a supplemental resource to those reading the book. Uh, I would love to interact with you more and hear from you and even joke with you and things like that. So I think I'll get used to this talking into a mic by my uh, with no one else to talk to, but please uh, talk back to me i would love I would love to hear from you so we can talk through some of those things. What we're gonna do today is, like I mentioned in episode one, and I do plan every other week to post one of these episodes, but I talked about how Through the Beyond the Battle book, it's really meant to be read in small groups. And as you read it in small groups, I also really recommend that you read it as a daily devotional. Uh, My words will help you a little bit, but God's word will change your life. And so there's daily devotional material in there for you. There's also small group material. And so it's free. There's these videos, and you watch a video, you sit down with a group of guys, and in the back of the book there's questions that you walk through and that you talk through. And so what I'm going to do today is play for you, like I did last time, I'm going to play for you video number two of the series. And video number two covers chapters four and five in the book. And what this is meant to be is, as I've done a couple of these groups now with guys, there's questions that come up. There's a little bit of clarifying that needs to be done. So I'm just going to play the video. I'm going to let you listen to it. And then I'll talk to you a little bit more about it, give you a little bit more commentary so that hopefully when you use the video in your small groups, you'll have a little bit more of what I was trying to get at when I said these things. So let's jump in. It's about five minutes long. Video two of the free small group curriculum from Beyond the Battle. This is an extension cord. We all know how these work, right? You take one end, you plug it into some kind of power outlet, and now this cord comes alive. It has life in it, it has power to it. You plug this end into an appliance, and that appliance works. How we normally approach marriage, though, and marriage counseling when things aren't going well in our marriages is we take the extension cord and we we plug it into itself. Uh, What happens in an extension cord if you have this? Well, nothing happens, right? An extension cord being plugged into itself is just simply a dead cord. Here's what I mean about marriage. Uh, You you have a husband and a wife, and things aren't going well. And so the husband, uh, that me in in this case, says, I want my wife to be a better wife. I want her to do this for me or that for me. She's not living up to my expectations of what she should do. So the advice I get is, if I do good things to my wife, if, if I connect to her in a way that works for her, then she's gonna feel love, right? Her love tank or her love bank, it'll be full. And then she'll do nice things back to me, and now we'll have this circuit, like this happy marriage. Well, kickback love doesn't work. It might work for the short term, but it's not gonna work for the long term. A cord cannot sustain itself because a human being will always let you down. No, a cord needs a source. A source greater than itself. This is something that Jesus understood, and he understood very well. Uh, go to Matthew three sixteen to 17, and you have Jesus. He's about to be baptized by John the Baptist. Remember, he wasn't married. This applies equally to married guys and single guys. This applies to all areas of our lives, including our marriages. Up to this point, Jesus was a 30-year-old guy, He's been a carpenter his whole adult life. He's never done anything spectacular, no miracles. He's never told anyone he's the Messiah, never told anyone he's God. He gets baptized, and a voice from heaven, the Father, says audibly, This is my Son, whom I love, and whom I am well pleased. Why would the Father have been so well pleased with Jesus? He hadn't done anything yet. The reason he was well pleased with Jesus is because he was the father's son. Now check this out. Jesus got everything from the father that he needed for the rest of his ministry. He plugged into God. He plugged into who he was as a son of God. And then the very next chapter, when Satan tempted him and he said, Hey, I want you to do this. I want you to be this. I want you to prove yourself. Jesus said, No, I'm good. I already know who I am. Jesus got everything from the Father that you and I look for from women. Here's what I mean. Whether it's pornography, whether it's some sort of fantasy, if it's lust, if it's even your marriage itself, men look to women to give them acceptance, to give them validation, and to give us approval, right? These are all things Jesus already got from the Father. He was accepted, validated, and approved simply because he was a son, he didn't have to look for these things anywhere else. Think about it like this. Have you ever gone grocery shopping when you're really hungry, right? You just, you're really hungry and you, you go in there with your mission. You got your list. You're supposed to get milk, bread, eggs. That's it. The staples. And all of a sudden you get to the cash register and you look at your cart, and you're like, man, how did these three boxes of donuts get in my cart? I have no idea, Right. Well, they got there because you're really hungry. And when you're really hungry, everything looks good. And all you have to do is grab it and put it in your cart, and it's yours. On the flip side, if you've been really, really full and you had a really good meal, food no longer looks appetizing. This is Jesus living out his ministry. When we take women and we make them our power source— when we plug ourselves into, whether it be our wives or, or women, to say, hey, make me valuable, accept me, approve of me. Here's what we've done we make our love for our wife dependent on her love for me, right? So if my wife's loving me, then yeah, I'll love her back. And if I'm loving my wife, then she'll love me back. Imagine if Jesus' love for you was dependent on your love for him. We would all be in serious trouble. Now, the only way love works with us and Jesus is because Jesus was plugged into the Father, and he hung on the cross, and then we could plug into him. And this is the model that we are supposed to follow in our marriages. Your love for your wife should not be dependent on her love for you. No matter how she's treating you, when you're plugged into the Father and receiving your validation, your acceptance, your approval from the Father. The cord is still alive and full of power and still able to give love to your wife. So what does this look like? How does this apply to our life as men? We have to take women and stop identifying them as gods. They are not our gods. They are not where we get validation, approval, and acceptance from. We have to take that power away from them and we have to give it back to God. We have to feed on God for that power. In your group, I want you to read Romans 8. And as you read through it, I want you to ask yourself, what are the truths in this text? And what are the lies that I've been believing? After you read that, then read Colossians 1.22 and memorize Colossians 1.22 for your next group. All right, so this is a really big one for me when it came to my own freedom from both pornography as well as the struggles I was having in my marriage. I talk quite a bit about that in the book, where when you get to marriage and you look to your wife to give you what only God can give you, but you don't think of it that way initially. When I talk about kickback love, there's a lot of books out there. and In fact, when I was in college trying to overcome the pornography and the lust. One of the main strategies that a lot of Christian books use for purity is this idea that channel, and this isn't all incorrect, there's certainly some truth to this, but to channel your desire for sex, you know, don't look at pornography or other women, but channel it toward your wife. But there's some really flawed, really flawed things about this. For one, if you're single, it does nothing for you. I mean, if you're single, it only makes you feel worse about being single. And then for two, it does some significant things that I didn't know until I was married. And so I was expecting this payoff from God because I had done it God's way. I talked about that in the last episode. Uh, and, and the payoff wasn't there. The payoff that the Everman's Battle book told me that I would get. Sexual payoff, the book called it. And what you end up doing is you you look to your spouse— as not as someone that you love but as someone who will like a vending machine someone that's going to give you a certain product and often we get frustrated like I've I've put in my quarters my money you know into the vending machine and it's not giving me what I want I want that bag of doritos but instead either nothing's coming out or like the bag of peanuts keeps coming out or the bag the M&Ms keep falling out but I want the doritos you know we get mad and so these books are written like the love languages book for example and look, that book has helped some people, and it can be a tool. I know what it did for me, and I think what it does to a lot of people is it, it just caters to our entitlement. So it says, yeah, you are entitled to that bag of Doritos. You're entitled to your spouse giving you the thing you want. And look, here's the thing. Maybe your spouse should give you that. Maybe they should. You know, whether it's uh, for a lot of guys, it's the, the physical touch side of things or in your marriage It could be the acts of service or the quality time, whatever it might be, and it's not to say that your spouse shouldn't be giving you those things, but at the end of the day, that's between them and God, and at the end of the day, we have to also acknowledge that our appetite for these things is unlimited, and Being in an unlimited appetite, the only person that can satisfy an unlimited appetite is Jesus. Jesus is the only one with unlimited love. You can have the best spouse in the world, and they're still not going to be able to satisfy your appetite or whatever you want to call it for these things all the time. So what we can end up doing is we cater to our entitlement, and we say, okay, people are entitled. And even the book, it's not as popular as Five Love Languages, but pretty well known. It's called His Needs, Her Needs. And, uh, you know, my wife and I read that when we were engaged, I believe it was. And the book spells out these ne- five needs a man has and five needs a woman has. And I remember several of them for the man, the need for sex and the need for a wife that works out, you know, and these sorts of things. And they call these things needs. Well, these things aren't needs. I mean, that's just a lie. That's a wrong use of the word. It's it's incorrect. A need is food. A need is water. A need is oxygen. We have a need for human community for sure. But essentially... Uh, the deep need we have is the need for intimacy. It's a need for connection. It's a need for, to be val- to feel valuable. Those are all needs that we have to have met in Jesus. So my point with the food analogy in the video is, if you don't have that need met in Jesus, if you don't already know you're valuable, then, and you're going to your spouse and you're saying, you know, tell me I'm valuable, tell me I'm valuable, tell me that I'm accepted, show me affection, uh, you're, you're going to be up a creek one way or the other. And often when our spouse doesn't show us the affection that we want, we, we just get mad. We get frustrated, and, and we feel we're justified in doing that. And on a human level, you, you might be justified, but on a theological level, on a spiritual level, you're not justified. And, and, but the good news is, like I said last week, the, the, only half of the wing, or I should say last podcast episode, only half the wing is this idea that, okay, I don't deserve anything from God. I deserve judgment. But the other half is I've been given his mercy instead. And so this is really where the freedom started happening in my life in a supernatural way that changed my life. It changed me from somebody that always felt entitled, God, you didn't give me what I deserve. Give me more. Give me more. And those books were telling me that too. Here's how to get what you want. Here's how to get this product out of your spouse. And that is called self-seeking love. I mean, 1 Corinthians 13 calls that out. Love is not self-seeking. And so if you're doing something because it's self-seeking, well, according to 1 Corinthians 13... You're not doing that out of love. And we are called to love our spouses, not to use our spouses as a way to get the thing that we want out of the deal. So the freedom comes when I can get that already from Jesus. And so instead of getting mad at my spouse, holding a grudge against my spouse, and all those things that really is is miserable, I can say, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for what I've been given in Jesus because I'm filled up on Jesus. Because the thing I got from Jesus was, He thinks I'm valuable. He accepts me. He approves me. So the reason I have you in, in the group, if you're doing the, the group videos, I say memorize Colossians 1, 22. That's just a verse for me that really helps sum those things up. It's a verse that talks about how God, when, when he looks at us, he sees Jesus. He sees, let me uh, read the verse to you and then I'll unpack it for you. It says, But now he has reconciled you, so the he there is God, the Father. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you wholly in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. And I look at that list to say, when God sees me, he sees someone who's reconciled, someone who's no longer very, very far away from him, but someone that he now embraces Because of Christ's physical body, because of Christ's death on the cross. And now when he sees me, he sees someone who is holy. He sees someone without blemish. He sees someone free from accusation. Now, am I holy on my own? No. But in Jesus, I am. And that is my new identity. That's my new identity in Christ, hence the subtitle of my book A Man's Guide to His Identity in Christ in an Oversexualized World. So I think in an oversexualized world, even when you go to look at pornography, I had a guy say, well, I don't, you know, I'm not looking at porn for the validation. I'm looking at porn basically because of the, I just, I like it. It makes, you know, kind of that carnal flesh, the body part sort of thing. And what we need, really need to do, even for him, and, is to get beyond that and say, why is it that you're longing for that? Because, and here's the point, I don't have this in the book, but when I do a revised edition, I will add this to the book. So in your small group discussion, this might be helpful to bring out, no man has ever had a sexual fantasy, and this would be true for women as well the other way around, nobody has ever had a sexual fantasy where they are rejected. What I mean is when you're have, when you looking at pornography or you're having a fantasy about being with some other person— Nobody's ever had those fantasies or wanted to look at a pornography where the woman is telling you you're ugly. The woman's telling you you're worthless. The woman's saying, get away from me. I don't have anything to do with you. The thing about the pornography or the fantasy that draws us in is she's accepting us. She's saying, you are, it's, it's, yeah, you're giving me this pleasure sort of thing. But the reason I'm letting you is because I think you're valuable. I, I'm accepting you. I'm showing you this affection because I think you're worthy of it. So I really think that's at the core of what each of us are looking for. I can look to Colossians one twenty-two and say, man, I already have that. I'm looking and looking and looking for something I already have. Because we know the porn will never give us what we're looking for. We know that, but we keep going back to it because it gives us an illusion of it. It gives us like fa- it's fake. It gives us a fake sense of that intimacy. But if we know, like the grocery store analogy, I'm already full when I'm shopping, and I'm already full on Jesus. I already know that when God looks at me, I'm holy in his sight. I'm without blemish. I'm free from accusation. That's just a verse that does it for me. There's other ones that I talk about quite a bit in the book as well. But this idea that I'm already so valuable in God's sight, And it's because of what Jesus did for me on the cross. I mean, I close my eyes. I'm telling you throughout the book that you need to be spending time with Jesus daily. And when you do, do this. Just close your eyes and, and just be reminded that, God, when you look at me because of what Jesus did for me, because of what you did for me, God, on the cross, when you look at me, you see someone that is so valuable. You see someone that is so worthy of affection. And you pour out your affection on me so much that you've made me holy that I am this bastion, this overflowing with affection. I mean, we really can, if we work the wheel the right way in the in, in our daily time with the Lord and those are the things we focus on, then when we're tempted by fantasy... When we're tempted to say, I need to go to this place to feel good about myself, I need to go to this place to feel like I have value because I'm not getting this value in my marriage, or I'm not getting this value in my singleness, we can already have that value filled up in us. And when we do that, just like physical hunger for food, it loses its grip on us because we're full. It, it doesn't control us anymore. Sure, we could still fall into sin, but it's, the sin doesn't have that control over us. The second piece that I mentioned in the video, and this was probably a little confusing the way I said it, but is to read Romans 8 together as a group. And in Appendix A of the book, it says, As a group, make two lists answering the questions. What are the truths in this text? And then also, what are the lies I've been believing in my life? And the reason I posed it that way is because Romans 8 is full of truths about the value that we have in Jesus. And the lies that we believe in our life is usually things about how we're not valuable in Jesus already and that we have to go look for those things elsewhere. So just as an example, you would read through Romans 8 together as a group, but you could start just in verse 1, which really is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So very similar to Colossians 1.22 Romans eight one is telling us there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So once we're in Jesus, think of having no condemnation. Think of it the other way around. We are amazing. Like we are incredible. We are we are perfect. We that you you can't get any more valuable than that. So to think that I would need to add on to that value or that there was there was something lacking that I would need to feel better about myself, so I better go find a woman, whether it's my wife or pornography or some other fantasy. No woman can make me more valuable than I already am. If you keep reading on, just another example, I mean, I, I want you to do this with your group and see what the Holy Spirit brings out to you, but the whole section starting in verse 14, it says, "...for those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God." the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again rather the spirit you received brought you uh, sorry brought about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry abba father the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are god's children it goes on to say we're also his heirs his co-heirs and so within that little little bit of text it says in christ you're a child of god i have 3 kids and it's helped me a lot to understand this in my life better now that I'm a dad myself, to understand it from the father's perspective, not just from the child's perspective, but to think about how much I love my three girls and their ages six, four, and 10 months. And I love them so much and I hold them and I I just, I want the best for them and I love them. And to think that that is how the father loves me and loves you when you are looking for, man, as does anyone love me I, you know, I need to go find that in a woman. You can, or a man. Again, again, this uh, for women listening as well. That I would, that you would need to go find that in a man. You, we all can find that in Jesus. And here's the thing: the Bible uses the metaphor that the church is Jesus's bride, and Jesus is the groom. So it it is a similar type of love that we're looking for in romantic relationships that Jesus offers us. And we can go to this in verse 14 and say, "I'm a child of God. He loves me." I am his child. It goes on to say in verse 15, we cry, Abba, Father. Abba was simply the Aramaic way that a little child would say, Daddy. It was a way of dependence on God, and it was a very personal and intimate way of saying it. I know verse 15 always stands out to me where it says, The Spirit does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Well, slaves is such a pertinent word, isn't it, when it comes to sexual sin? If you're addicted to pornography, you're a slave to it, and you know that slavery, and you hate it, and you want to get rid of it. You can be a slave to fantasy in your mind. You just can't stop thinking about getting out of your marriage. You can't stop thinking about being with someone else. Maybe there's someone that you've kind of fallen for, and they're not your spouse, and you can't stop thinking about them, that's slavery When you, because you can't stop. It, it, it owns you. So, what, well, what's deeper? What's underneath that slavery? Well, the verse alludes to it. It says, so that you live in fear again. So, this, it says, the Spirit does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. And when I apply that to the rest of the text about being adopted, well, what if, if the, the opposite of fear we often would think is courage or bravery, but here in this text it says we've been adopted to sonship. So the opposite of fear here is adoption. Think about that again. I'm going to say it again. We normally think the opposite of fear is boldness or courage. In this setting, when it comes to our relationship with Christ, the opposite of fear is adoption. So what is the fear that the text is getting at? I mean, it's a fear of being lonely it's a fear of not measuring up it's a fear of saying i don't have value are the, are those not all the fears that lead us to pornography are they not all the fears that lead us to fantasies within our marriages or fantasy lustful fantasies we have these fears that i'm going to be lonely we have these fears that i'm i'm not worthy i have this fear that i need to be i need to feel more valuable and here it says you're not a slave to that fear anymore the only reason you're not a slave to that fear anymore is because you've been freed from it. Now you're a child of God. There are two different identity pieces here. And so I don't expect you to listen to this podcast. I mean, honestly, I think this this podcast is a little dry, in my opinion. Um, and some of that's because it's just me talking. But what what I hope that you, you can get out of it is... Not that you'll hear this in a podcast and the light bulb will click on and you'll say, oh yeah, like now I feel all this value. Like, wow, this miracle has happened in my life and maybe God will do that and that'd be awesome. But what I want to give you is the tools. I want to set the table for you so that you can go and spend time with Jesus. That's where this healing happens. Like, turn the podcast off. It's going to be over in a couple minutes. Turn it off. Open your Bible. Open to Romans 8 and read through the text and say, Jesus is this true of me and it is true of you. You know, just, say, just confess to him, I'm afraid. I'm I'm afraid of being alone. I'm afraid that no one shows me affection. My wife or husband doesn't show me affection or I'm single and nobody shows me affection and I need that in my life. And Jesus is saying I'm I want to give you that. I want to give you that. I want to be your groom. I want you to be my bride. And I want to give you this affection. I don't want you to be afraid anymore of these things, of not measuring up, this afraid of being alone. You are my son. You are my daughter. It's not enough for you to hear me say it. It's not enough for you even for me to read it off the Scripture page to you. But go before the Lord and sit with him and say, Jesus, will you show me this love? Read that verse over and over and over again and say, is this true of me? Is this true of me? And I'm telling you, it is true of you. The theme song of the podcast, which you're hearing right now, is a song called "Freedom" by my friend Kyle Lake. You can find his music at K Lake Music. And the reason I chose it is because freedom is what we are after. Freedom is what Jesus is all about. And when it comes to sexual sin, just like Romans eight fifteen says, we are not slaves to fear anymore, and we can truly find freedom in Jesus. And it truly is a matter of saying, there is something I got out of this slavery. Like this slavery gave me a sense of identity that when I went to these things, when I went to the well, I was getting something from the well that did something for my identity. It made me feel a certain way about myself. And instead of being a slave to that well anymore, I'm going to have a new well. I'm going to go to Jesus and I'm going to let him fill me up. And I'm telling you, that is a daily fill up. If, if nothing else, what I hope my book does is it springboards you into saying, I need to spend time with Jesus. Like, I really do. I know he loves me, but I need to spend time with him to say, wow, you love me that much. And when you do that, it goes back to the extension cord analogy from the beginning of the video where I'm not looking to be plugged into my spouse or to another man or another woman in order to feel that type of value in my life. I'm plugged directly into the source. I'm plugged into the wall and plugged into the source of God's love and his love never fails. It's unlimited. It's an unlimited well. And when I do that, if I'm married and my spouse isn't showing me affection, instead of getting angry and bitter and resentful, look, it's still hard. It's not like it's It's all just cupcakes and daisies, but Jesus is there with you. He's there feeding you. He's there nurturing you. You don't spin out of control. He gives you peace through the storm. He can even give you joy in the midst of awful circumstances, which is different than being happy and throwing a smile on your face, but just truly saying, I know who I am. This circumstance does not define who I am. I already know who I am. And that extension cord is full of power. That's you. You are the extension cord. You're full of power. You're not a dead cord. You're an alive cord, and now God can use you. If you're single, I I told you before, God wants to use you. You have so much opportunity to be used in ministry for God. I think many singles spend most of their energy wishing that they were married, and God is saying, take the energy I've given you and Use that to show my love to other people in your life. If you're married and your spouse isn't showing you this love in return and you're saying, look, there's no reason for me to love you back because you're not showing me my love language. You're not meeting my needs. Why should I meet your needs? That's how those books Really, are based on, well, in the love of Christ, we're still able to love our spouse and others around us. It applies to all aspects of life, certainly, but when it comes to the marital context, to say, I'm filled up on love, I've been forgiven, I have mercy, I can show that, and I'm commanded to show that, but I'm actually able to show that because I've been plugged into the Father. I'm going to wrap up episode two with that. Again, I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me about these topics on Twitter at battle underscore podcast as well as email beyond the battle podcast at gmail.com let me know what questions you have about what you're reading in the book or about what you've heard on the podcast let me know about struggles that you're going through how can I pray for you if it's something you don't want me to share on the podcast I won't do that or if you'd like it to be anonymous I will certainly keep it anonymous but please know that freedom is possible it's possible in Christ we can get there together we will go beyond the surface level. We'll go straight to the source in Jesus. And we will go together. Be free in Christ. We'll see you next time.
1: Slipping rhythm in the temples, killing the idols. Robotest and sleeping on souls, needing revivals. What am I doing? Influence like the couple of that bombay bay. Kelly's to them Tom Hanks. Lexus to them Andres. Pulling a jacket, my inner reverence, stressing for leverage. That they see the king tracks on the payment, leading to hell. Yo, all y'all, dripping in that that don't perish. People selling fake, see the green around their belly. Taking refuge in his hands, see his poems, my living quarters. Close them when I'm finished, then it's time to bring me closer. That's no purgatory, cause you're in or you're out. When you see him, in the clouds, then you know it's going down. Raise them, raise them, raise them, they've been sleeping for some ages. Now, all gods, baby, so confused by this hatred. Poor pit preachers shouldn't aim to be A list. Money probably long, but short is with your days. Have you ever heard the sound of? the one who got them splinters cause that cross is nothing pretty so why the beauty pageants and caught up in emotions and following your passions talking that freedom all people need them more than an easter or coffee shop discussions debating over baristas please sir this is why we inked up even when they do the autopsy they still see him freedom 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 coming quickly from the spirit, put it through the preamp and mix it like a chemist. Put it in the airwaves and hoping that they hear it. If there's some confusion, then I hope you see him clearly. Raise them, raise them, raise them. They've been sleeping for some ages. Now all God's baby, so confused by this hatred. Poor pit preacher shouldn't aim to be a list. Money probably long, but sure so it's with your daisy.